Hi, I'm Pastor Dallas Billington, Senior Pastor here at City Church, and we want to welcome you today to our services. We hope that no matter what you're facing in life, that through the message today, through God's Word, He will truly encourage your heart. Oh, man, we just don't know week to week what we're living in and what's taking place, but, uh, you know, thankfully, we have the hope of the good Lord. And we're going to look at God's word today that making hope practical in this or in our complex life and everything that's going on today, making hope practical. Someone, I was talking to someone last week and asked me if I could just kind of keep speaking in that way and on that wavelength, if I will, because we're, we're so, uh, if you will, discouraged. I was listening to a guy in a podcast one of the more popular guys, and he was telling everybody, don't, don't watch, just don't watch the news. Just don't do it. I mean, it's just too depressing, and it is, and, but we still have to keep informed. I feel in many ways my responsibility, my job, if you will, because some of you work so hard, you're so busy with your families, my job is to be so informed that I can inform you, and that's some of the things that I uh, want to share with you today. So let's pray. Jesus, we are just so grateful for so many people are watching on, on Facebook now and so many people that tune into YouTube. And Lord, you've given us this venue and this time that we know that many people are just concerned or, or not healthy enough to come to church or just a little fearful, Lord. So we just pray that all those that are here today, all those that are watching and listening, Father, you would just speak to our hearts Give us continued hope. In Jesus' name, amen. People are fearful today. Look at John chapter 6, and we're going to see how we can make hope practical. You know, whenever I preach, well, let me get to that in just a minute. I want to share something with you. Talk about fear. <laughs> uh, I, I wrote this down so I would say it right. There's a dad T-shirt out there, okay? And it says this about fear. Nothing scares me, this front of his t-shirt, nothing scares me, I have two daughters. <laughs> I love that because I have two daughters, and boy, that is an understatement. Anyways, we're living in a time that people are just, uh, people are fearful, and, 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 and not knowing and all the different things that are happening. And, and so as I, we looked at last week and we we're talking about how we can always triumph and how that we know that we always have hope. And then I ripped my message apart a lot of times, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, and, and like, was it, was it practical? Did it get to where it needed to get and so forth? And so here's my point with this today in looking at God's word. I want to tell you, yes, we need hope, and that's what I was striving for last week, and we can win and we can triumph when we have hope in that way. But how do we make it practical? How can we look at it and say, okay, I want to take it into this complex life world that we live in and to our everyday life? So we're going to do that, but I thought, you know, every week there seems to be something else that happens, and I never know how to fit these into my message. So... I, I'm just going to kind of throw it in, and uh, then we'll get to the message. But 
if you didn't see this a week ago, and I thought, you know, I'm not going to bring it up. I don't want to give the guy any credibility or just give him a platform. But, you know, I, I need to bring it up. I, the Lord pressed upon me this week. I need to say what was said on the news. Just, uh, just for you to be aware, like I was saying a few minutes ago, if you didn't see this, uh, this is what Don Lemon said on CNN uh, a week ago. He was talking to another commentator on air. This is, his, this is his words. Jesus, this again, Don Lemon, CNN. Jesus Christ admittedly was not perfect when he was here on earth. That was his quote. Now, I thought, ah, man, you know, is anybody, what's the Christian world going to do or what are you going to say? And, and, um, and thankfully, let me give you a scripture and then let me share with you what, uh, if you know who Tony Dungy is, a, a very strong Christian and an NFL coach. But when Don Lemon said that Jesus Christ admittedly was not perfect when he was here on earth. And I want you, if you see that clip, you can YouTube it. Go back and see how, how cautiously and how sheepishly, if you will, he said that. And I just saw how that, I want to be very careful, how that those that I guess don't profess to be a believer uh, are constantly trying, throwing, throwing things out there to see if it's going to work or not. See if it's going to just throw it out there and see what people, is it, how much backlash has he got and so forth. And then, I, then this week I started to actually feel sorry for him. Yeah. You know, instead of me getting up here and I'm not going to bash him, I actually think, man, this guy, this guy is really hurting in some way to think that. See, what happens when we do that? What, what happens when we try and say Jesus Christ wasn't perfect? We're trying to bring him down on our level so we can justify anything that we do. Let me give you a scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For he made him, God made Jesus who knew, there it is, who knew no sin to be sin for us, in other words, on the cross, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. One verse, that's all you need. There's hundreds in there, but just one. He came to us who knew no sin to die on a cross is what we're looking at today so we could have hope. Sad, sad, sad. Anyways, Tony Dungy said this, I'm sorry, Mr. Lemon, but just who admittedly that Jesus Christ was not perfect here on earth, question mark? Not anyone who believes the Bible, not anyone who trusts in Jesus as their Savior. I'm not sure the point you're making, but your premise is dead wrong. That was the point in Jesus' coming. Man, I just thought Don, Don Lemon, just feel, have to feel sorry for the guy and, and where he's at in his life. But I thought Tony Dungy said it perfectly. And then there was the wonderful governor of California. If you didn't hear this, he first closes all, well, let me back up. First, there's only a few can meet in the churches. And then now we're back to closing all the churches in California. And then if you saw a week ago, you're not allowed to sing in churches, right? Because you spread the virus. And I thought, I'm all for protests, but what about the 50,000, 75,000 people jammed in the streets on a hot summer day protesting? You mean it wasn't spread then? 
And I'm all for protests. We're like pro-life moving every January down in Washington, D.C., thousands and thousands of people. That's all good. But to say that that didn't spread the virus, but in church does, and especially now when you're singing, now he goes one step further. If you didn't see it last week. He has also banned in-home fellowship Bible studies. Look it up today when you get home. Unbelievable. This is what we're living in. <laughs> uh, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to get my... You know, I almost, I almost prayed today or I almost prayed last night. Lord, help me not to cuss today when I'm speaking. <laughs> it was close. It was close. And I thought, oh, I'm just, just going to just know the Lord's going to help me. It's just unbelievable. What are we going to hear next? Okay. All right, enough. All right. John 6, 63. Now, when we make the Lord practical, when we make hope practical, because Jesus is our hope, we make hope practical in our life. Uh, how does that happen? And, and, and that's what I want us to get it into the everyday life. Well, we know the crux of it, the foundation of it, we know is Jesus Christ. And we know that we have to have, when we first accept Christ as our Savior, we take what the Bible says, a step of faith. It's a faith aspect that comes into our life. We have to take a step of faith. Well, listen, listen to what John 6, 63 says, and I kind of referenced this last week, but I want you to see it and quote what Jesus said about himself. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Let me read it again. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. That faith aspect of this is this knowing that it, it's that spirit that's with, within us connects with this. Okay? And it connects with this. Let me give you another great example to pull it together because a lot of times I'm right where you're at. I have a hard time getting things through my head with the, with the Bible passages and trying to bring down, what does that mean? What does that mean? Okay. Let me give you another verse. The sword of the spirit, the sword, the sword, the weapon, the sword of the spirit is the word of God. So the spirit connects with us and gives us life because this is living, it's breathing, and it's telling us what we need. God's word breathes into our spirit, his word, and, and that gives us life. That's what gives you and I, that's the practical aspect that we have every day. I want you to realize every time you walk this, that's why we so stress. I was hearing a listen to a pastor this week and he talked about the first 10 years that he grew up in church. He never heard anyone talk about the Holy Spirit. I thought, man, it's, it's, that's terrible because the Holy Spirit is what is, is everything of our being that guides us every, every minute of every day. 
That's our, that's the, the practicality of hope is the sword of the spirit is the word of God and it connects with our spirit because the Holy Spirit within us, the day that we accept Christ as our Savior, spirit comes to dwell within us and this word, that's why you talk to so many people that don't know Jesus, say, you know, I, I don't get anything out of the Bible. And then after they become a Christian, it's like, wow, I can't believe how this has opened up to me. So knowing that, now let's take another passage that brings that faith step. Because you and I, as a spiritual being, always have to live the practical side. Listen, the practicality of your life and my life in this complex world to have hope is that we have to have faith. Now, this verse I'm going to share with you, and I'm just going to quote it. It's not in my uh, notes here, Jim. But, but anyways, <laughs> Here it is. Faith, all right, and, and it took me the longest time to grasp this, and you're probably the same way as me. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, when you read that, it's like, well, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, I, that's like all over my head. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But faith... Everything within us is believing. So believing is the complete substance to being practical. We're going to believe every day, no matter what I struggle with, no matter the job loss, no matter what's happening in my family, no matter I've lost my mate or things are happening in my marriage or now I'm divorced, no matter what is happening, I know that faith is the substance. I'm going to believe everything I know. I'm going to so believe in Jesus Christ of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I can't see it. I can't figure it out. I just know he's there. And because I know he's there, I'm going to so have hope I'm going to sow the substance. I'm going to sow have faith. I'm going to so believe, not in my time, but as a spiritual being, he constantly, every second of every day, reassures me, he's got my kids. He's got my grandkids. He's got my marriage. He's going to come through that job situation in this crazy world that we live in. It's so complex. I know He's got this hand. Now, let's build on that. Look in 1 Peter. And I'm just going to quickly reference this and then go to the Old Testament. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 5. I think I referred to this a couple months ago. But 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 5. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again, here it is, to a living, we live every day, a living hope. Because of our faith, we live with hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Without the, the cross and the resurrection, we have no hope. But to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Let me read verse 4 again. To inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved in heaven. Listen, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed, revealed in the last time. You know what's so, you can just take a deep breath now as far as your everyday life. 
you're kept, your ability to win that battle, everything that's going to happen to where you have hope, you're kept, the practicality of this, you're kept by the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Your health situation, whatever it is that you want to fill in the blank, whatever it is that you're watching today, whatever it is you're going through, you are kept. We are kept by the power of God. That's what I want you to realize, to know that you and I can be so practical with this that take a deep breath and know that that faith step, that faith, that substance that we so believe, we always have hope. See, hope deferred makes the heart sick. In other words, it's shelved. We don't know ever when it's going to happen. It's postponed. But when Jesus is involved, we don't know when, but we know he's going to always come through. And in the meantime, he's going to reassure our faith within us to keep going. Now, I want you to get this. Not on you, but on his power. We are kept, devil can't win in our life. We are kept by the power of Jesus Christ, by his death and his resurrection. We are kept by that power. And you know what's amazing? When someone dies, like I said last week, we get an inheritance on this. We actually have two inheritances. It's amazing. We get what, when Jesus died and he's given us eternal life, that's inheritance, what it says in heaven, and then we also get it here. That's why the Bible says you are given the abundant life, life and life more abundantly. You're given life, eternal life, and everything that we look forward to someday, and we're given life here and all that goes with it and all those blessings. Let me share with you a story that's so important what we do, and the Lord convicted me of this this week because of what I said last Sunday. I was preaching to myself of the week. Um, if there's one story that's known in the Old Testament more than any other story, it's probably either Noah, Noah's Ark, the rainbow, or David and Goliath. So it's two. So we're going to look quickly at one aspect of this story of David and Goliath. If you don't know the story, how the, let me give you a background. Two hillsides, there's the warriors of Israel, there's the Philistines. We know they have giants, and the Israelites are at a stalemate. And every day, the giant goes down to the bottom of the hill so he can yell up the other side of the hill where the Philistines or where the Israelites are and says, who do you have that can defeat me? There's no one that you have. And he mocks them every day. We're going to kill you. We're going to take over your land. We're going to take all your wives and your houses, everything you had. And then they go back and they just take it easy. And every day after day after day, he's doing this. And there's a stalemate on these two hillsides. David, as a young kid, is back teenager, if you will, back at home, his dad says, hey, your brothers, they're still there. You need to go take them some food. He goes, and as he goes where the war or the battle is going to take place, he goes, and, and he starts hearing these other words. He hears the whispers as he's walking through them to his brothers, and they're saying, man, what is going to happen? We're all going to die, and he starts asking these questions. He says, well, is anybody going to go fight this guy? And um, nobody, thousands of warriors. Finally, he says, I'll do it. Everybody's laughing. His brothers, you've got to be kidding me. He says, the king calls him in. 
you know, here's, here's all my, you know, everything I have, this, this steel that, that's all over him, if you want to say uh, his, anyways, he's got all this stuff he's got on him. It doesn't fit. He takes it off. He says, I'm just going to go and rely on, rely on God. Now, people miss the point of this, and I think. He goes and, and he gets the rocks out of the, the riverbed and there's, I think, five, four for the and people go, oh, you know, we're going to build a story. There's, there's, he gets five because there's four for the, for, for the uh, Goliath's brothers, which is true. And then there's one for Goliath. Hey, that's great. And there's a story built off. And, and then all these other things that go around this. You know, I was fortunate enough as a kid. I think my dad, when he was in Israel, got me an Israeli slingshot, you know, and I used to practice on my neighbor's mailbox, you know. And, and I got to be pretty good at it. Whack! Until I got caught one time by my neighbor, and that was that. Was that. Anyway, so you can get pretty, you just put that rock in here, and you, you tie it around your hand, and you put the other loosely in your hand, and you just, you can do that or this way, and it just, you fling it, and you, you can get the timing of it to where it can, it can, you can get accurate with it. Oh, David was so good with that. You know, he fought the bear and a lion, and you know, it says, and there's a story on that, and, but here's what he said, what we need to say. Let's make it practical. Let's bring it into our everyday life. He gets <laughs> to where Goliath is. Goliath comes down and he's laughing at David, this scrawny kid. Now think about that. Probably my height, he's going to deal with a guy almost 10 feet tall. And not only 10 feet tall, probably weighed, I don't know, six, 700 pounds. It wasn't just that tall as we think, you know, he's probably thinking, no, he's huge. And they face each other, and this is, listen carefully what David says. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 45 through 48, then David said to the Philistines, you come with me with the sword. Now, listen, that's the, everything that you see in the world that you're facing right now, at work, not at work, at home, health situations, whatever it is, that's, that's, we see it in our own eyes. We see the fleshly part. That's what David is saying. It's what we see. See, as believers, we're going off of what we know, what we hope for, what we, what we believe. Now, what we see, you come with me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you, David says, in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, hey, he says he's already won. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. Wow. And this day, I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may, listen, and that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Now, what, what, let me go back last week. Do you remember when I said last week, if you're here, if you're watching, if not, I said this. I said, you know what? I want you to take Monday 
And I want you, if you will, I want you to praise the Lord, if you will, all day long and see the difference that it makes in your life. Just thank the Lord for whatever it may be. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this as I'm studying Thursday, this Thursday, this Friday, and Saturday, because I go back to that last month. Okay, I can tell you when, it was about, about, about till 3 o'clock last Monday, uh, I got really convicted about what I said on Sunday because I started complaining. Now, what, what, what's he doing here? But what we need to do that increases our faith because we know we're going to win. We always give God the glory. That's why Ben was leading us today. That's what's so important. We praise the Lord here at home, wherever it may. Lord, I, I know you've got this. I can't see it. I don't understand it. But I know that you've already won this. So because I know that you've already won this, I, I'm just going to just calm down. Take it easy. What David did is, this is what I want you to remember, he not only, to make it practical, he not only believed who God was, the true and living God, but he spoke and he said it. Now, this is not health and wealth, what I'm telling you today. And you hear all on the television evangelists, well, you just speak and say it. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. You're praising God. You're giving him glory that whatever you're facing, Jesus, I know, I'm going to speak it out. I, I know that you've got this. And I know that you've already won this. You're kept by his power. David won that battle by his faith and believing who God was, and he let everybody know. That's what we have today. That's what Jesus wants in our hope, in this complex world, that we make it practical, is that we so believe what God's going to do in our life that we let everyone know. I want everybody to show the whole, you know, even to this day, even to this day, the story of David and Goliath is told. Why? Because a kid, a teenager, not a warrior, was willing to believe who God was and is in his life and in our life. That's who he was. That's what he did. He just believed. He had faith, substance of things hoped for. I already know God's oneness. Let's close with this one more verse. Revelation chapter 3. I always like to call this the revelation of Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. Jesus is speaking to is the one who wrote this, the faithful church. And this is what he says in verse 7 and 8 of Revelation chapter 3. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says, He who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you. 
Let me read it again. See, I have set before you, that's you today, an open door and no one can shut it for you have a little strength, but you have kept my word and not have denied my name. Here's where you can relax today. Keep it practical and it's hope. Person gets a promotion at work. You've been laid off. You don't understand all these things. You got a health situation. You followed the Lord. You don't know why. And this other person's living like a pagan. Nothing's wrong with them. And you can go on and on and on. You, you, you think about what you're, what's going on in your life right now. And I want to ask you a question. Are you manipulating and trying to keep the door open? So I'm here to tell you, you don't have to work it. Someone says, what, what's the saying, smoozing your boss or whatever it might be? I don't know. You don't have to work it. See, you are kept by the power, the practicality of this today, of the hope that you and I have, that God has something for you and I in everything that we go through. And if we follow him, we acknowledge him, we have hope in him, that door, it's open. Hey, if you, if you knock that door open yourself, it's awful hard to keep it open. I've seen so many people in life, you know what they got to do? They got to continue to lie. They got to do this. They got to do that. They got to work harder. They got to work it. Hey, you and I can just take a deep breath today and everything in this complexity that we see that's going on that God knows that is, is he says here. You're tired. You know, this world that we're living in, the complexity of it makes us tired. All the things that we got to do, all the things that we're seeing anew, what's going to happen tomorrow? Jesus says, I know you have little strength, but you have honored me. Continue to praise him. Continue to know who he is. Give you an example. We'll close. Uh, Church has been going on six years old and in two years before that so if you're like me that's eight years ago all right got to figure it out okay so eight years ago which is two years before the church started I usually share this every anniversary Sunday that we have at the church but because of the virus this year we didn't get to meet and it was disappointing and all that we have a great time uh Two years before the church started, I had a man come up to me that I knew very genuine, loved Jesus, and uh, actually was a good friend of my father's. And uh, he, he told me, he says, Dow, he said, man, you, you, what are you doing? And I said, well, I don't know what I'm doing, really. And uh, he says, uh, tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy a church building for you. I said, what? He said, yeah. Oh, I got the checkbook right here. I'm, I'm just, I, I, I know the building and where it's at. I'm going to write a check for it. You need a building? You need to start a church. I said, man. I said, uh, and I didn't, even have, I didn't have to hesitate because I, I, I know it was in my spirit. And that's where I'm here to tell you that you will not make the wrong decision when, when you when you rely on your spirit, because that's, that's Jesus within you, the hope of glory, and you'll rely on him. 
He's going to write a check, pay for the whole building. It was a pretty nice, pretty good sized building. And I called him by his first name and I said, uh, I said, you know how much I appreciate this, but I can't do it. He looked at me and he goes, what do you mean you can't do it? I, I said, I can't do it. He said again, what do you mean you can't do it? I said, I can't do it. I said, I'm not, I'm not ready. He, and then he just kept repeating, what do you mean you're not ready? So he kept going back and forth like that, you know. And I said, and I called him, I said, I so appreciate what you want to do, but it's not time. Now here's what I'm getting at. What if I'd have said to myself, man, that's not going to happen again. I need to jump on that. I, I Man, that's unbelievable. Look what the Lord put right in front of me. I wasn't relying on what I heard or money or checkbook or the kindness of someone. I was relying in my spirit. I knew that I knew that I knew that I, I just wasn't ready. I was still too beat up from what had happened in my life. So here's the end of the story, which you know that we're here today. But, and, and, and he would have been blessed, and I know I would have been blessed, and we could add a building or church, and I know the Lord would have blessed it. But here's what I want you to get. When the Lord opens the door, and you don't want to manipulate it and push it, you want to be practical, you want to hope, you want the Spirit to lead you in whatever it is every day, and you know that you know what is right to do, the blessing would have been good. But it was half the size of where we meet today. I would have gotten a blessing and it would have been good, but it wouldn't have been great. God is still going to bless you and I for following him. But if we really rely on the Holy Spirit and we really know that our faith is much as we want something so much right now, Whatever it might be that you know that if you continue to hold on and know that not trying to figure it out, just whatever opens up before you, just take another step and another step and the Lord will do it. And then all of a sudden the Lord just, I just knew it was time when Jim and Lisa talked to me and they, two years later and said, Dallas, what is stopping you? Why don't you want to do this? And I know the Lord had healed me and I know at that point in time at the restaurant, that's it. Okay, let's do it. Two years, two years later. I don't want you to be discouraged today. I want you to have not what's good. I want you to have what is great, what is the best that comes from Jesus. And that only comes not by me or what I did. That only comes by faith. Faith is the substance that you and I so believe that God is going to come to, you don't take second best. You wait and you wait and you do whatever's in front of you and you do it. And it might, it might be something you don't even want to do. I remember a couple of different jobs that I tried doing. I was just miserable. I remember one guy looked at me and knew what I did year for years. years. He looked at me at this other job and he looked right at me and never says, what are you doing here? That's what he said to me. I'll never forget that. That was, I don't know, seven, seven years ago? Eight, maybe, might have been around the same time. Eight years, eight, I don't know. But I knew in my spirit, and that's what I want you to know today. We'll close with that. To know 
that in this life that gets so complex that if you just take every day, you praise him, you rely on your faith. And that faith is so unbelievable. It is so much of a belief system in your life that it becomes real. And that hope, when God leaves the door open, you don't have to wonder if that door is ever going to shut. It's not. Lord's got it open for you today. And just keep believing. Let's pray. So our heads are bowed today. And um, whether you're here, whether you're watching, uh, listening, know that the spirit that's within you right now, Jesus is going to direct you. The spirit gives life. And it's the word of Jesus. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We so believe that we are kept by the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That we know that we know that, as David said as a teenage kid, this is my God who I serve. You're not going to mock him. And I know that I so believe who he is. No matter how big today the Goliath is in your life, you see through him and you see Jesus. And he's already won, as David said. And Jesus said, I'm not going to give you just a little bit or something. I'm going to give you, by waiting for me, I'm going to give you the best. And all the way along that I'm building character in your life, he's still got the door open. No one can shut it. So know whether it's your relationships, your marriage, you fill in whatever it might be, your kids, whatever. Hey, the Lord's coming through. And to keep it practical and to know every day, just keep going. And that we live by faith. And he's got an unbelievable plan for your life. No matter how much we're busted up and broken and we seem like it's not going to work and we're lonely and we wonder about our wayward kids out there, we wonder about all these different things. Hey, Lord's got it. So our heads are bowed today and you're watching, you're listening here. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want you to know what I began with today. It's a step of faith that you believe who Jesus is was and is he came wasn't as Don Lemon said he was in per- no he came who knew no sin to die on a cross for us and if you're here today or if you're watching all you have to say Jesus I, I know you're speaking to me and I all you have to do is say Jesus forgive me a sinner I believe that you're God's son and you shed your perfect blood on the cross of Calvary for me. Forgive me for all my sins. And I ask you to come into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. That's who we serve. Father, if there's someone even here today it doesn't know you as your Savior. May they come as Ben leads us in this invitation time. In Jesus' name.
I hope Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has spoke to you today through his word. You know, no matter what you go through, no matter what you face in life, I want you to know that through the one, Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross of Calvary, he shed his perfect blood for you and for me. And if you pray right now and ask Jesus into your heart, the message that you heard today, why God is speaking to you, I want you to know that you can have hope. And all you have to do is pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it out. The Lord says by faith, we accept Jesus as our Savior, and you'll have hope for eternity. You say, Dallas, will you help me? What do I have to do? Well, let me share with you a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you're willing to believe that God sent his Son to die on a cross for you, just pray this prayer with me right now. And you can have heaven as your home. Jesus will forgive you for anything you've done in this life. And you can have hope from this day forward. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you're God's son. And you came and lived a perfect life. And you died on the cross. And you shed your perfect blood for all of my sin. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. Contact us through our website, City Church AC, or you can get at our church app through any of the um, streaming services, and we want you to know that we'll contact you. And from this day forward, no matter what you face, you'll always have hope, knowing that Jesus is your Savior, and he'll come through in your life. Thank you for being with us today.